The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, ACB President Mitch Pomerantz addresses the annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind. Welcome to the holiday edition of ACB Reports, December 2010. The 49th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind began with a report from President Mitch Pomerantz. Here are highlights of his address to the Assembly. Ladies and gentlemen, it is once again an honor and a privilege to stand before you, the members of the American Council of the Blind, to highlight some of our activities since the 2009 convention in Orlando, Florida. This year's gathering marks ACB's 49th annual National Conference and Convention. Approximately 2,000 of us are gathered here in Phoenix, Arizona to again demonstrate the wisdom and foresight of ACB's founders in establishing a truly democratic grassroots national organization of blind and visually impaired people. This will be my third report as ACB president, and in many respects, the past year has been our most successful since my election in 2007. In other respects, however, this has been a difficult year for ACB, and certainly for blind people everywhere in the country. As we approach what I consider to be the final months of the first decade of the 21st century, blind and visually impaired people face daunting and unprecedented challenges to life as we've experienced it for the past two generations or so. Many would argue that this isn't necessarily a bad thing. After all, the blind, are, with some exceptions, viewed as being part of the lower socioeconomic stratum of society. Perhaps a shakeup in the existing order wouldn't be such a bad thing. Unfortunately, the changes I'm seeing spell tougher, not easier times for us. If you doubt this, if it sounds overly dramatic, then let me outline some of those challenges both to blind and visually impaired people generally, and to the membership of ACB specifically. As I see it, the challenges facing all blind and visually impaired people fall within the categories of education, rehabilitation, employment, transportation, and access to information. Two additional issues, fundraising and membership development relate directly to the future viability and growth of the American Council of the Blind. We are addressing many of these challenges extremely well. Others require more effort and commitment. In the area of education, we are experiencing an unprecedentedly low rate of Braille literacy, estimated at around 10% among blind children. We are seeing the closure and or consolidation of a growing number of schools for the blind around the country. Most recently in Iowa, where the residential school is being converted to a resource center with 
the acquiescence of the Iowa Department for the Blind and, unfortunately, the National Federation of the Blind of Iowa. We are seeing a growing shortage of qualified teachers of the visually impaired and the elimination of teacher preparation programs around the country. Compounding this shortage is the national stampede toward mainstreaming all children with disabilities. If these trends continue, how will future generations of blind children become proficient in Braille and the other skills they need to be contributing members of society? The answer is, they will not. This past year, I established a Schools for the Blind task force, which is being ably chaired by Ray Campbell. It may be that this group will need to expand its activities in order to address the other issues adversely affecting the education of blind children. Like death and taxes, Rehabilitation and employment are inevitable concerns for us. Regarding rehabilitation, there are two serious issues facing us today. Maintaining existing state agencies, departments, and or commissions for the blind, and counteracting NFB influence over those separate entities, something about which I've commented on at some length in previous reports to you. We work well with the NFB in many areas, but our philosophy of rehabilitation and theirs differs quite a bit. The ongoing economic crisis affecting most states is offered as justification for the consolidation trend. The National Governors Association has released a document calling for the elimination of all small separate agencies and commissions in order to cut costs within state governments. Ladies and gentlemen, those are our programs the governors are taking away from us. <laughs> Regarding the issue of NFB influence, earlier this year, Melanie and I met on a couple of occasions with the new commissioner for the Rehabilitation Services Administration, Lene Rutledge. She also attended and spoke at our president's meeting. I believe it is safe to say that everyone who heard her remarks came away with the feeling that Ms. Rutledge will deal with us fairly and equitably and that she wants to work collaboratively with the American Council of the Blind. <laughs> Employment or the lack thereof continues to be an ongoing concern. Two weeks from tomorrow, we will celebrate the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. <clears throat> Most of the so-called disability experts believe that the overall unemployment rate for us has actually increased since 1990. That has to change. This past year has seen ACB working closely with the Blind Entrepreneurs Alliance and our own Randolph Shepard Vendors of America to overcome serious attacks on the blind priority to expand employment opportunities within the vending program. 
We are also joining with National Industries for the Blind to counter efforts from the broader disability community to eliminate NIB and NISH-operated facilities, which are misperceived as sheltered workshops. Until the day comes when qualified blind and visually impaired persons can be assured that they will receive equal consideration with their sighted peers in the application process, ACB must do everything in our power to maintain and to grow both the Randolph-Shepard and NIB programs. Transportation, public and otherwise, is another of our challenges and certainly critical to the kind of lives we lead. Drastic reductions in funding for public transit and paratransit services have made getting around extremely problematic in many parts of the country. Some major cities have all but eliminated non-peak hour bus service, and as we know, Paratransit doesn't operate when fixed route service stops. So, how do we get to work or wherever it is we need to go? Over the past few years, even stepping out of our front doors has become a challenge with the advent of hybrid and electric vehicles. As you know, ACB actively advocated for passage of H.R. 734 and S-841, the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act. This legislation would require the Transportation Secretary to conduct a study to establish standards for minimum sound information necessary to be conveyed to blind and visually impaired pedestrians by hybrid vehicles. While both bills were attracting significant numbers of co-sponsors, their futures were still unclear. Enter Toyota and the national uproar over the safety of its automobiles. H.R. 5381 and S. 3302, the Motor Vehicle Safety Act of 2010, were introduced in May and June, respectively, and the language contained in 734 and 841 amended into those bills. ACB and all blind people should have something to celebrate by the time Congress recesses later this year. Access to information is a broad category and one which increasingly affects every aspect of our lives. It is also the area in which ACB has seemingly been the most active since our last convention. It is ironic that as more of us gain access to computers and the Internet, we seem to encounter greater obstacles to accessing the wonderful medium of communications and education, and just plain fun. It's that old dance, two steps forward and one and a half steps back. 
But we are making progress. For starters, ACB has worked with Laney Feingold and Linda Dardarian for over 15 years to gain access to websites and to assure privacy in conducting transactions at tens of thousands of businesses around the country. By using a strategy they developed, known as structured negotiations, to achieve enhanced access to goods and services for blind and visually impaired people, Laney and Linda have made the lives of each and every one of us that much better. In October, the judge in ACB's suit against the Social Security Administration rendered a favorable decision, one which requires SSA to provide blind and visually impaired recipients and representative payees letters and other written information in Braille and or on CD. Subsequently, Although not mandated by the judge, Social Security has indicated its willingness to provide such information in large print and on audio cassette as well. ACB owes a huge thank you to our Executive Director, Melanie Brunson, along with Arlene Mayerson, lead attorney for DREDF, the Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund, for their efforts on ACB's behalf. The long-awaited Treasury Department report, compiled by the consultant some of you met with at the 2008 National Convention in Louisville, was released last August. In May, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing issued its Notice of Proposed Rulemaking based on Treasury's report. ACB has serious concerns about both the report and the NPRM, and with the assistance of our attorney, Jeffrey Levitke, we are preparing comments on the latter document. A representative from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing will be here soliciting input on currency samples on both Monday and Tuesday evening. Interestingly, Jeff Witt, the aforementioned consultant, will also be here later in the week to receive input on prototypes for accessible currency he's developed under the auspices of the National Federation of the Blind. I guess if you can't beat them, folks, you got to join them. <laughs> and we welcome them aboard. As I indicated in my report last year, ACB joined with approximately 30 other organizations in the Reading Rights Coalition to press Amazon, manufacturer of the Kindle ebook reader, to market a fully accessible device, and the Authors Guild, which directed Amazon to turn off the text to speech feature for a significant number of its ebook selections, to reconsider their directive. With the Kindle's menus inaccessible and the text to speech feature disabled for most ebooks, the ACB Board of Directors felt 
that it was critical for us to become involved with this coalition effort. And in June of 2009, ACB joined with the NFB to challenge Arizona State University and indirectly a number of other universities which chose to use the inaccessible Kindle in several of their classes. Another significant legislative initiative involves our work to pass H.R. 3101, the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act. This bill does a number of things to make cell phones, on-screen menus, and emergency notices and movies more accessible. Recently, a similar piece of legislation, S3304, was introduced in the Senate. And last month, a hearing on 3304 was held. As was the case in 2008, ACB member and Iraq War veteran Jesse Acosta testified on our behalf. Once again, thank you, Jesse. ACB continues to be actively involved on the international scene as a member of the World Blind Union. Over the past several months, our energies have been focused on advocating for the free exchange of Braille materials through our participation in the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO. Both Melanie and Eric Bridges have attended meetings in Geneva, Switzerland to advocate for support of a treaty which would guarantee open access to copyrighted materials across international borders. We still, however, have a very long way to go. ACB Radio is alive and well under the able leadership of its managing director, Larry Turnbull. It reaches hundreds of listeners weekly with ACB's positive message about blindness and blind people, and I encourage those of you with access to the Internet to give it a listen if you've not done so already. ACB is actively promoting audio description on television, in films, and in live theater through our audio description project headed up by Joel Snyder. We are in the process of submitting a pair of grant applications to the Department of Education, which, if successful, will greatly expand ACB's role in advocating for and providing quality audio description to blind and visually impaired people. I'd like to turn now to the two challenges which are internal to this organization, fundraising and membership development. Former Congressman Tom DeLay once famously commented that money is the mother's milk of politics. If so, then it's also the lifeblood of organizations such as ACB. While much can be done with the help of dedicated volunteers, ACB requires ongoing funding to carry out our work. A million-dollar-plus annual budget is insufficient to seriously address and confront 
the aforementioned challenges through concerted advocacy, public relations, and or litigation. Our thrift stores continue generating revenue, although there is certainly room for them to be more productive to contribute to ACB's revenue stream. One very positive note is that this past year, we were able to acquire a viable thrift store operation in Amarillo, Texas. That store is doing very well for ACB, and the others are doing well also. Since our 2009 convention, ACB's monthly monetary support, or MMS, program continues to grow, albeit more slowly than we would like. ACB has seen a net increase of 7% in participants, a 9.4% increase in gross receipts, a 16% increase in the contribution to affiliates, and a 7.6% increase in revenues to ACB. While all of us are aware that too many members have been seriously impacted by the economy, the MMS program must do far more to enhance ACB's overall income. If you can contribute as little as $5 per month, I ask you, I urge you to please take the few minutes necessary to sign up while you're here. Our second internal challenge is maintaining and growing ACB's membership. More and more Americans become blind and visually impaired every year. As our fellow baby boomers age, as more of us experience vision loss, there are more individuals who need to learn about and join the American Council of the Blind. Mainstreaming and other factors have led to the isolation of blind and visually impaired people from one another. Today's 20 and 30-somethings have had almost no exposure to their blind and visually impaired peers and our culture, and hence to the necessity of becoming part of ACB. Those who lose their vision later in life bring to the experience the myths, the misconceptions, and the stereotypes about blindness and blind people foisted upon them and us by society. It is no wonder that recruiting new members to ACB isn't easy. In May, representatives of the membership committee visited Idaho to revitalize our affiliate there. I understand that it was a most successful trip and we can expect good things from the ACB of Idaho in future. Visits have also been made recently to Montana and to Wyoming, and those two organizations whose blind residents face unique transportation challenges are beginning to see growth. ACB must become creative in attracting blind and visually impaired people of all ages. Earlier this year, I recorded a three-minute interview for Sky Radio which was carried by the Business and Technology Channel 
on approximately 29,000 American Airlines flights during May. A 30-second public service announcement was also prepared and aired on the CNN airport network at nearly 50 airports around the country, also during May. We are in the process of establishing our presence on both Facebook and Twitter. We are taking every opportunity to disseminate press releases and public service announcements to the media. ACB is adapting to a changing world in order to remain a thriving organization. Given the challenges described, no member of the American Council of the Blind has the luxury of complacency or apathy. It should be abundantly clear in the face of such challenges that each and every ACB member must be willing and able to fight to maintain and to expand the relatively small piece of the economic pie we've struggled to carve out for ourselves. Complacency and apathy are no longer an option. For if we fail to address those challenges by supporting the legal, legislative, and advocacy initiatives being carried out by ACB, there will come a time not too long from now when specialized programs and services will disappear altogether. Every member of the American Council of the Blind has a tremendous responsibility, a responsibility to the brave and visionary men and women who founded this great organization almost 50 years ago, a responsibility to our contemporaries who have yet to fully grasp the importance of the work we do on their behalf, and a responsibility to those blind and visually impaired young people who we hope and pray will follow in our footsteps. We cannot, must not, let them down. Please share this responsibility with me as we carry forward the ACB banner to even greater success in 2011 and beyond. Thank you and take care. You've been listening to highlights of the President's Report to the 49th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind as recorded in Phoenix, Arizona, July 2010. You can hear this address in its entirety, along with the audio from the other general sessions of the conference and convention, on the convention page at acbradio.org. As ACB reports for December 2010 draws to a close, may the holidays you celebrate this month be filled with peace and happiness. Please join us again in January 2011, as together we begin a new year of ACB reports. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on Side 4 of the Braille Forum Cassette Edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. 
ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.